This is an AMI podcast. Welcome back. It's the Now News Panel on AMI-tv. I'm Dave Brown, joined by Juita Gupta and Michelle McQuig. One more topic to discuss, and it might give you the creepy crawlies. Bed bugs are taking over Paris, and Ez de la Couture has the story. The French government vowing to deal with the widespread rise of bedbugs in Paris. Videos surfacing on social media show bedbugs spotted in public places like movie theaters and high-speed trains. Ooh. The French transport minister promising to convene a meeting with transportation providers this week to explore possible actions. Others are calling for the formation of a task force to tackle the spreading infestation. A recent study found one in 10 French households have already had to deal with bedbugs. Inez de la Quatera, ABC News. Paris. So this story has developed a little bit since Inez filed that report. France has been deploying sniffer dogs on public transit to locate some bugs. You also heard Inez mention the creation of a bed bug task force. Joita, this is where you'll have to forgive me for playing a little bit of an everyman. When I hear the word government task force on bed bugs, <laughs> I think to myself, what can a task force do that just hiring a bunch of exterminators can't? I think they can ruminate over lukewarm cups of bad coffee and uh, not so great muffins <laughs> and try and think about the solution to this big uh, <laughs> problem. Uh, no, you're right. And I think it's important to contextualize the formation of the task force. Uh, Paris is about a year away from the start of the Olympics. The world is watching. Uh, and so as a way to show that they are taking the problem seriously and to avoid bad press, especially tour tourists and travelers giving them a bad rep, I think they've set up the task force as a pro forma measure or, you know, just to show that they're actually taking the problem seriously. Uh, I, I suspect that there's not very much a task force could recommend uh, that, you know, obviously there's value in bringing exterminators in, but perhaps a tax task force could, uh, especially if they have exterminators on it, have conversations about um, how bed bug infestations actually spread the best treatments and how to prevent yeah. the spread of bed bugs. So there might be yeah. some value to it, but I think right now it's more a PR move than anything else. Yeah, but it, it, it certainly can develop a best practice. I think what I would argue, though, is there's probably already quite a bit of literature and research on uh, bed bugs. You don't need to start it over again. I, I think maybe that's one of my overall complaints when it comes to over-consultation and government processes because the, the issue is obviously quite urgent, Michelle, and I know that I'm kind of cupping my ear to the crowd playing everyman saying who needs government government's in the way just get rid of these bed bugs but i but i do i do feel it in my soul where i'm like this maybe isn't the best use of resources and time when you could just be deploying a bunch of exterminators around the city and the country i d i definitely hear you i really do and and <laughs> Part of me does agree, but I will say that in broad strokes, Joita nailed it. I think in, in broad strokes, a task force can get to a root cause where an exterminator just treats the symptoms of the problem. And I have questions about how a bed bug infestation in a major city permeates into all these public spaces. Uh, if it's happening everywhere, perhaps I'm better off not knowing and, and they ignore me. But if there is something more going on here, then there is, I think, some value in exploring what's going mm -hmm. on. But I'm with you. There is The task force definitely uh, has all the hallmarks of, of a body that won't necessarily accomplish much. I don't want to kneecap them right out of the gate and, and say that that's not going to happen. Who knows? But it 
uh, I, I do share your skepticism. I'll, I'll go yeah. with that. I, you know, Michelle, you did hit a key term right there, public spaces, because that does strike me. When you think about something like public transit, that does change my perspective on accountability. And, and I yeah. sort of have these questions rolling around my head of who could be held accountable for that? And what does accountability actually look like? And, and, and Joita, I know it's like, it's kind of a weird question and it looks like I'm maybe trying to point fingers or do the blame game, but knowing how bed bugs can spread, it can actually happen quite simply. And if you're picking that stuff up, picking that stuff up simply by using public transit, trying to get to work or trying to get to school, like, like that is a problem that probably demands some kind of accountability. Yes, absolutely. It's not a weird question at all, because uh, when you think about the implications of people having to live with bed bug infestations, um, not just the financial implications, which can be huge, but the amount of time that people spend in you know washing and drying all their clothes and putting things uh, in storage to hope to get rid of the bugs, yeah. dealing with the psychological torment. It's actually a pretty big question and an important question to ask, well, who is actually accountable for this? I was doing a bit of research, and it turns out that in the United States, one in five houses souls lives with a bed bug infestation oh man and that seems to be that 20 percent rate of infestation seems to be the average worldwide i would take that stat with a grain of salt but in some <sighs> ways it looks like france might be better than the norm you're less likely oh, yeah. to get an infestation oh my god oh, okay. <laughs> but to your but bed to your bugs point... weird me out so hard i can't even deal with this <laughs> It, it, I, and I don't blame you because I think for us, uh, especially for those of us who can't see, um, unless you actually start to get bitten, uh, and oh. even then you may not be able to see the the bites on your skin. I mean, it's pretty uncomfortable, I'm told. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, but I think there are unique challenges for someone who's blind. But I don't know if we really have time to get into that. Today. We actually, we actually, uh, Joita, we actually do have a couple minutes to get into that if you want to, Michelle, if you're interested as well, because that ended up being one of the cruxes of the daily poll that that got brought to the show earlier in the week about the creepy crawlers that give you the creepy crawlies and basically i asked the question to everybody across the show all day who all represented somewhere on the spectrum of blind or low vision and the, the general consensus was like this actually is a little bit of a bigger concern from it an is. equity and accessibility point of view that if, if you're dealing with an infestation in your apartment unless you've got someone sighted there to help you with that like you could be like dealing with like ants cockroaches all kinds of stuff sorry michelle i know you're not feeling well so i feel bad kind of like uh putting no, like, these thoughts it. on the brain but like it's the truth it's a reality it is the truth and, and it I'm, is, I, yeah. it, it, I mean I, I i can separate the fact that this is just my personal sticking point this kind of stuff i am a bit of a neat freak about my place but it is it's a broader issue and, I, and I've, I've known people anecdotally who've been burned quite badly by it and it had very serious consequences stemming from not catching an infestation on time that kind of stuff can lead to eviction and worse so yeah it is a very genuine problem yeah, eviction. Yeah. You might have to get rid of all your stuff. Like, That's like, right. like, yeah, yeah. like Judy, you were talking about stuff in storage. Like, sometimes you just have to like literally get rid get of your rid furniture, of and like that's yeah, expensive. Yeah, your mattress and everything that's gone, and you can't. And maybe you don't have the money to replace it. So many of the people with, and many of the people, uh, many people with disabilities live on uh, social assistance, and the kind of support they provide in the case of a crisis like this is negligible. It's so minimal. the question yeah. about accountability is a really good one, and I want to make sure we don't entirely sidestep it. Yeah, so sorry, you sorry. Who, about who should be accountable. And I think one of the people who is a key player in this is public transit. I think preventative uh, measures 
and bringing in treatments to prevent the spread of bed bugs in any public transit system is a really good standard. If you're not already doing it, you should. Uh, the mm -hmm. other people that I think should be held accountable are uh, because bed bugs often spread in large building complexes, uh, apartment buildings and condo buildings. I think it should be the property owner that brings in preventative spraying and other measures to prevent the spread of bed bugs. Uh, what I've been told from people uh, who work in this business is that if one apartment has a bed bug infestation, 99% chances are the apartment below it, above it, and on either side will also have oh. an infestation. So I really uh, oh. say that if you're a landlord, you've got to take some proactive measures to prevent the uh, the the infestation of bed bugs in your building because it can really get out of hand very fast. Mm. And the last thing I'll say to my point about vulnerable populations is I think there needs to be some special attention paid, and that is where I suspect this task force, which has been somewhat a source of amusement for us, might actually come in useful. Talking about bed bug infestations in places like prisons or shelters, where uh, we know the research says these infestations happen often and they're severe, uh, and often they don't have the resources to tackle it. So I think the accountability question is really really key to this, and I'm glad you raised it. Michelle, what's your thought on the accountability side? Again, I, I, even though Joita gave me a lot of praise there for asking it, I still feel like it's a bit of an odd question because it sounds like I'm trying to point fingers, but what's your thought on the accountability side of this equation? No, I, I'm completely with Joita. I don't think it's a weird question at all. I think it's an important one, and I and I agree with everything she said. There's a lot of, of settings in which bug, bed bugs pest control ought to perhaps be of higher regard than it is. Uh, I agree with Joey that the public transit needs to be more proactive on that. Generally speaking, in, in every city, I would certainly, if the Toronto Transit Commission came out and said, oh, hey, here's our comprehensive bed bug plan, that would make me very happy to see. I don't know what their things are there. In fact, that, and I think that's part of the issue, right, is that I know no one likes to talk about these issues. It's not exactly a, a public-friendly topic. But I don't think we know what measures are in place anywhere. So it's possible that people are taking accountability and we're not aware. But I think that needs to be discussed. Um, buildings, for sure. Long-term care homes would be another one where I'd like to mm -hmm. see some kind of um, some standards and ministry involvement in that kind mm. of thing. Um, I'm not resistant to higher orders of government imposing some guidelines on some of these public-facing um, agencies or, or ministries or however you want to put it because... As we can see, the implications are big and, and an outbreak or an infestation in one unit or one building is rarely confined just mm. there. So Let, Let's wrap up here. And I, I'm, I'm sorry that I keep making Michelle so uncomfortable talking about the creepy crawlers. But Michelle, <laughs> what is the creepy crawler that keeps you up at night? Is it the spider, the bed bugs, the ants, cockroaches, millipedes? What's the creepy crawler that like really gets that sets you off? Honestly, all of them, but the top three would be bed bugs for sure. Uh, cockroaches would instantly be like a 10 alarm fire over here. Mm -hmm. And I will cop to an irrational phobia of mosquitoes. So I'm not okay. a great camper. Okay, well, I'm not. A, I'm not a great. I don't think anyone on this panel is necessarily a noted great outdoors person no, uh, through and true. through. Uh, I, I, for whatever reason, I've had so many battles with ants in my mm -hmm. life that like ants are one of these things that it seems everywhere I live, the ants come looking for me. It's because I snack. It's because I walk around snacking. The crumbs are always falling on the floor. Uh, that's why I eat over the sink like a rat sometimes. But uh, yeah, I, 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 I've got a real beef with ants. But Joita, what about you? What, what's the creepy crawler that uh, gets to set you? off well i think cockroaches for they're just so disgusting uh yeah. but beyond that ants and um and also bed bugs really frighten me uh, the two 
types of infestations that I don't think I've had personally or know anyone who's had, but um, because I worked at a, a because I work at a housing and tenant rights agency, I've had uh, people call us and complain about these particular infestations. They really frighten me. Uh, one is termites, mm. and Ooh, the other one yeah. is this horrible thing called a pharaoh ant, which I think is supposed to be very evil. Uh, so. I, the reason I, I I'm kind of terrified of all pests, and it was very I was very paranoid for a long time, is because about seven years ago, my manager, uh, in a bid to make me more productive in the workplace, said, "Can you develop this resource called a guide to living with pests?" Oh. And oh. I had to wow. research every conceivable pest. I think it must have been ten or fifteen of them, and how to look out for them, and what the treatments for each of them were. Oh, and I could gosh. not sleep at night oh. for fear that something was crawling all over me. Oh my God. <laughs> my deepest sympathies psychological <laughs> damage nice. holy smokes oh okay well guys i promise uh, this is the last time i'll make you talk about pests at least this week michelle you have yourself <laughs> a nice weekend thank you so much joita you enjoy your weekend as Isn't well it's a long weekend it is it is a long weekend it is oh, a long sure weekend. Is. Yeah, yeah three days well not not for michelle though not for michelle, not or, for michelle. Or, sure or, is for michelle oh, I'm off, baby. look at this michelle mcquig right actually long weekend like a normal person big big flex big flex by <laughs> michelle that's awesome well guys have a great weekend that's michelle Thank mcquig you. the weekend news editor at the canadian press and joita gupta is the host of the pulse on ami audio coming up after the break i've got a short regional news update then Brock Richardson is going to do a big weekend look ahead in the world of sports. And Irene Solomon will talk about a fundraiser in support of Ukrainian troops that's taking place in the greater Toronto area next week. So lots coming your way in the next segment, including a fun musical interlude from friend of the show and friend of the network, Lucas Hanneman. I'm telling you, you don't want to go anywhere. The next segment of Now with Dave Brown is going to be excellent. I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.